Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's just part part of the ambiance yeah. of these podcasts. I think people have come to expect it, actually. Yeah. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Edmonton Oilers. It has been a very, very long time since we have done a Canadian team. I, God, like two years it has to have oh, been. It's got to be something like that. Something like two years, but... um. We are lucky enough to be joined by Preston Hodgkinson. Did I say that right? I'm terrible yes, with name. Yes, you did. Nailed yes, it. Did. Uh, from Copper and Blue, the Edmonton Oilers site on the SB Nation Network. Preston, how are you doing? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good, thank you. Um, Preston and I both have cats bothering us <laughs> during this podcast. It's <laughs> yeah, so so a hearing, be, yelling, or purring. It's yeah, it might cats. be a very cat-heavy episode of checking out the competition, but that's okay. Um so the first thing I wanted to ask you, Preston, since it's been so long since we have seen the Edmonton Oilers, um, have there been any big additions or subtractions over the last season or summer that you think are notable that we should know about? Oh, yeah, for sure. This team has been uh, completely rehauled since the last time the Oilers and the Flyers um, went to the ice against each other. And I think most of the notable ones happened on the back end. The Oilers... Um, Obviously, they lost Oscar Kleffbaum, one of their better defensemen, to uh, a shoulder injury, and he's been on the LTIR for the last few seasons. So that's a big loss for the Oilers. We also um, lost um, Adam Larson to the Seattle Kraken, who is one of our, if not our best, defensive defensemen. And uh, we haven't really found anyone to replace him on the back end there. So it's uh, it's a little bit of a, a strange situation on um how we're going to be a really good defensive team because we also lost Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones. So, um, mm-hmm. and then we need to replace them. We got um, guys who are not really well known for their defensive ability and Duncan Keith, uh, Tyson Berry, and, you know, Cody Cece can be a good defenseman, but usually in a sheltered role, but we're playing them on the second pairing and it's a, it's a something for sure. And then, um, <laughs> Up front, um, the forward group has also had a, a lot of changes since the Flyers and Oilers met. Um, I think one of the most notable ones is Jesse Pugliarvi returning from Finland and absolutely realizing his potential. He's been fantastic for the Oilers through the first five games of the season. And uh, getting Zach Hyman in the offseason have done wonders. He's gotten five goals in five games, and he's just allowed the Oilers to have a lot more options up front and be able to um, separate uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle onto separate lines. And I feel like I'm talking a lot here, but there's so many changes to the Oilers. They also have a brand new third line with Derek Ryan and Warren Fogle being online with Zach Cassian. And that line has done fantastically for the Oilers, which is something the team has lacked in recent years. They actually have some depth scoring up front. So, um, yeah, it's been a pretty transformative few years for this team. And uh, we finally have some forward depth, but our defense is kind of lacking. 
And uh, hey, our goaltending, everyone had question marks around it, but it's done pretty good so far. Yeah, who is the starting goaltender? Is it Mike Smith? Yeah, I think Mike Smith. Just on the merit of Dave Tippett being our coach, Dave Tippett is a huge Mike Smith fan, and uh, we'll probably <laughs> see him more often than not this season, despite him being, I believe he's 40 years old already. So, is you know, he's 40? he's 40 years old oh, now, I believe. Damn. And, um, you know, a lot of Oilers fans were a little skeptical, including myself. I didn't think it was a good idea to sign him to a two year contract. Uh, let alone one. We have him. I want him on maybe a one year, but two years is a little bit much. Um, and then a lot of people were really down on Miko Koskinen at the end of the last season. He had a few bad games, but he's still a solid NHL goaltender. And with Mike Smith going down with an injury, um, he's played fantastic for us. He's three, you know, and he'll probably get the start against uh, the Flyers this Wednesday. So one of my fears doing a podcast about the Edmonton Oilers is that the answer to every question is going to be either Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, which if it is, fair. Um, but right now the Oilers are one of the undefeated teams in the league, um, and they haven't just been beating you know, scrubby nobody teams. They beat the Golden Knights the other night. Um, so they're beating good teams. What is it that's going so right for the Oilers to start the season? Yeah, so I think it's the the revamp forward group and actually having uh, forward depth. I know in years past here, it's been the Car McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl show, but when those guys are off the ice, well, the other team just has a field day with our bottom six because there's not much after those top two lines. But, but now we have a third line that can actually compete and, and establish some zone time and chip in on, on the offense as well. I think each player on that uh, third line has gotten at least one goal. And I know Zach Cassian has gotten off to a great start with three goals of its own. So it's nice to see Carmen McDavid and Leon Dreisel not having to do everything for the Oilers now. And then there's also the fact that the, the special teams play from this team has been absolutely phenomenal. Our power play, I believe, is running at almost a 50% clip five games into the season. Now, I know wow. that's not sustainable for the rest of the year, but with the talent you have on there, it almost seems like it's a free goal more often than not. Um, just as an example, when we started that game against the the Vegas Golden Knights last week, the Knights were all over us to begin the game. They got that early first goal, and it looked like they had all the momentum. We get the power play, we get a goal, and all of a sudden everything shifts into our favor. So it's a it's the special teams and having that forward depth, and you know goalies are doing well, uh, good as well. So that doesn't hurt as well. Doesn't really bode well for the Flyers. The Flyers have been taking a lot of very silly, undisciplined penalties so far this season. Yeah. So that might, I mean, again, Connor McDavid, like he's kind of like, I mean, like a better Ovechkin at this point. Like when you have him on your power play, the idea oh, yeah. that you're not going to score a goal is kind of like. You're probably going to score yeah, a goal. Well, I, I think if we're, we're going to give the Ovechkin comparison to anyone on the power play, I think I have to look at Leon Dreisettle. He has an nah. absolute fantastic one-timer on that power play, and I'm, I'm surprised that he gets it as often as he as he can because uh, it's become almost a patented move for, move for him on that power play. So, Are he and McDavid on the, both on the same unit for the power play? Oh, yeah. Our, our yeah, power play yeah, is yeah. loaded up. We have uh, McDavid, Dreisettle, Nugent Hopkins, um, Zach Hyman, uh, cycles in with Puliarvi, and then um, I believe it's Tyson Berry has the the power play quarterback position. But I suspect we'll be seeing Evan Bouchard there more or more likely sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's kind of unfair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fun for Oilers fans, though. I can tell you that. I much. would imagine that it is. 
Um, what has been, I know you said that the defense has been kind of the thin part of the team yeah. so far this year. Is that if you had to point to a negative, you know, we're only like, I think you guys have played five games, four games, five games. Yeah, we're we're at five and all, and uh, we're going to be playing six against the Flyers. So, yeah, yes. um, the defense has been a work in progress. I think uh, as good as Holland was over the offseason addressing our forward depth, I think it almost offsets itself when you look at how thin our defensive group is now. You know, Evan Bouchard has done fantastic through his first five games of the season, and he's a, he's even been able to uh, usurp Tyson Berry on that top pairing and um, play with Darnell Nurse as a, on the top on the top pairing more often than not now, which is I think positive. But you know, losing guys like Larson and Bear and Jones mm-hmm. and and replacing them with guys that don't really bring the same thing as that trio, it's hurt the team for sure. And I think we've seen probably more goals against than we should probably have with this team but it's just the 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 nature of things right when you downgrade yeah. your defense um you're going to be when you downgrade your defense to upgrade your forward group you're going to be scoring a lot more goals but you're going to be letting in a lot more goals as well and i think that's exactly what we've seen so far yeah it seems like that's always been the thing with the oilers yeah. Like the defense has always been the problem they've always had the super exciting scores even before they got mcdavid yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't know why your GMs don't do defense. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure about that either. I, I've been cheering for this team since I was six years old and now I'm 22 and I don't think they've ever had a really good defensive group. We were close. I mean, last season, um, or when Oscar Clefbaum was healthy and we had Larson, Nurse, Bear, and a bunch of these guys coming up, I was like, okay, now we got something, and now all those guys are gone. So uh, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. But, hey, the offensive uh, power we have seems to be uh, masking a lot of the mistakes. So I don't know how sustainable that is throughout the entire season in playoffs, but uh, I guess we'll find out. Is there a player that we might not know about since, you know, it's been so long. There's probably a lot of players we don't know about on the Oilers at this mm-hmm. point, but is there someone in particular whose name we might not recognize that we should keep an eye on in this game? Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like everyone knows Jesse Pugliarvi. He's uh, just a guy that everyone I talk to just absolutely loves him. So he might not be the guy I, I put for someone you might not know, but I just want to say he's been very good for the Oilers um, early on in this season. Um I think looking at a guy like Evan Bouchard, um, he's, he's, a, he's a good defensive prospect, um, so maybe a lot of people know of him, but he's really taken a step forward in his development. Uh, he was in the press box for most of last year, uh, much to the concern of myself. I thought he should be playing above a bunch mm-hmm. of other guys, but he stepped right in and has done fantastic. He can move the puck out of his end. He has a fantastic shot from the point. Um, his defensive game it still needs some work, but as a 22-year-old, he's... He's as good as you'd like a, a young player like him to be in his own end. So he's someone that I think um, a lot of Flyer fans should uh, keep an eye on when we uh, go to battle on a uh, on Wednesday. Who is it that's the top pair? The top pairing no. is Darnell Nurse and Evan Bouchard. And that's a okay. rather new top pairing. It, to start the first four games of the season, it was uh, Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry. But Berry has gotten up to a really poor start and Bouchard has uh, taken his spot up. On that top pairing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. What else can we talk about? But it's, <laughs> it's so hard early in the season. I say this like 
for the first month of the season, I say this, I feel like on every podcast, it's just so hard when there's not a lot of sample size for anybody, particularly yeah. with a team that we haven't seen in two years. How did you like playing nothing but Canadian teams last season? Was that fun? It seems like it would have been fun. Yeah, no, I, I I really liked it. I thought it was a fun idea and uh, probably the safest way that the NHL could have gone about things last year. It, it got a little tiring as the season yeah. wore on, and I was like, oh, I guess we're watching Vancouver and Edmonton again for the 10th <laughs> time this year. So that was a little monotonous, but, you know, yeah. we got good matchups out of it. We got more Battle of Alberta's. The games against the Leafs are always fun when it's McDavid versus his hometown. And, you know, we got to see teams that we don't usually see uh, a lot in the year, like like the Ottawa's, the Toronto's, and the Montreal's. So it was kind of cool to be able to, to see the Oilers stack up against other Canadian teams. But I'm definitely very happy that we're able to play American teams again because I, I, I just love seeing the entire league instead of just one little division, right? Yeah, it did get a little old seeing the yeah. same teams over and over again after, after a little while. In the beginning, it was kind of fun. I was like, this yeah. is cool. Like, we're all going to hate each other so much. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and then, like, you know, three quarters away through the season, it's like, all right, I don't want to watch another. Yeah, I, I did like the the way we had, like, the baseball-type matchups. I thought that was kind of neat. But uh, I think I just – I like the regular NHL schedule yeah. a lot yeah. better. So on Broad Street Hockey Radio, we've been talking a little bit about how – the Western Conference right now, this version of the NHL, the Western Conference seems to be the weaker of the two. Um, the Pacific Division in particular doesn't seem that strong. Obviously, it's super early. Um, but like for me, as someone who doesn't watch a ton of Western Conference hockey, it seems like Vegas, Edmonton, because even with the you know, deficiencies on defense, you know, Connor McDavid is probably going to drag you into the playoffs no matter what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I have no idea what's going to happen. Is there any team apart from Vegas in the Pacific that you worry about? Uh, I don't know. So that's a tough question. I don't think there really is. The 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 Pacific division is really up for the grabs. Uh, it's Edmonton's division to lose is what I'm trying to say with them. Um, Vegas getting off to such a poor start and struggling with injuries. They are, I believe, at the bottom of the division. And, you know, it is early, so that could prob- that will probably um, not be the case as we enter this stretch down in um, January, February, March, April, and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, I think that's the top two teams in this division mm-hmm. far and away. And I think the real um, interesting part will be who sneaks in as that third seed to, to um, get into the playoffs here, because I don't believe we'll have any wild card teams in the Pacific. It's just that poor. Um, I look at a team like Calgary, who I think is not bad on paper, but just hasn't been able to put it together. And yeah. then uh, Vancouver as well there, they had a pretty good playoff run a year or two ago and uh, they could also push for that. But other than that, Seattle has struggled out the gate. Um, we have the once, Feared California road trip is now a bunch of bottom dwellers in the Ducks, Kings, and and Sharks. Mm-hmm. So I don't see them doing much uh, uh, to make the playoffs as well. So I think it's Edmonton's division to lose. I think Vegas will definitely rebound and make it into that second spot and maybe challenge the Oilers down the stretch for the top of the division. And then it's really up to Calgary and Vancouver, I think, for that third spot. But you're, you're definitely right. The, the Pacific division is a very poor division outside mm-hmm. of the top two teams, I think. Calgary is going to have a tough time after they trade Johnny Gaudreau to the Flyers at the deadline. <laughs> I'm, I'm manifesting no, I, that. I, so. 
I am so convinced. I've, I've been thinking this for years. Even if he doesn't get traded to the Flyers, I think he signs with the Flyers at the end of this uh, contract, I think, which is up at the end of the year. So yeah. I think uh, Goudreau will be going to the Flyers. Here's hoping. Seattle's so interesting. So many of the models seem to think that Seattle's going to be a good team. I, as someone who does not crunch any numbers ever, I don't look at that roster and see yeah. a team that's going it's, to compete at all. The, but The thing with Seattle I saw was that they had good goaltending, like Grubauer and yeah. um, Dreger is a, is a fantastic duo. It's better than what the Oilers have, and we were an established team, right? It's better than what a lot of teams have. And then their um, their defensive group is also very good. They poached Larson from us, who is a fantastic defensive defenseman. Um, they got Vince Dunn. Um, I'm blinking on the other names, but I know it's a pretty solid core of defensive guys they got there. The problem that they have is that I don't think they have enough offensive firepower to really compete with the big guns of their division, right? They don't have mm-hmm. that uh, that Connor McDavid or that Mark Stone or or that offensive depth to really push them over the top into the playoffs. And you know, despite it being a poor division, maybe they do get better as the year goes on and challenge for that third spot. But I just don't think they're going to – none of teams made enough mistakes this time around. You know, yeah. you look at the Vegas roster when they when they got the expansion draft and they had – oh, my God, they had Marcia Sill for free. They got Riley Smith for free. Um, William Carlson got a 40-goal season that came out of nowhere. Yeah. So I, I, just not enough of those guys for them to really get over the top like Vegas, uh, like, like Vegas did back then. The last thing that I'm going to ask you is the last thing that I ask everybody that does these. This is your first time, so you don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make you give me a final score prediction for this game. Oh, boy. Uh, you will have to I, go I, on. I It'll give, be a very hate, educated guess. <laughs> I hate giving uh, these predictions because the others are rolling. So I know everyone in, in who's listening to this is going to hate me for saying it. But I think um, I do think it will be a really good game. I think the Flyers are probably the the hardest team we've run into so far. I know you said we beat Vegas, but you know Vegas has been struggling with a lot of yeah. injuries. Um, and we really haven't faced a team that has had a really good power play, which I believe is the case with um, the Flyers, who have the second best power play other than ours. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out during the game as well. Um, I will give it a 4-2 Oilers win, but I think that fourth goal will be an empty netter because Edmonton has been good at empty netters this year. So I think it will be close right down to the edge, but I think uh, 4-2 is my my prediction. Okay. Okay. I respect it. I am hoping – so the last game the Flyers played was Saturday against the Panthers, and the Panthers, obviously, super good hockey team. The Flyers could have won that game had they stayed out of the box. They took seven penalties, and none of them were very good. They were stupid things that didn't have to happen. And they paid for it. I think if they hadn't taken so many penalties, they really had a shot to win that game. But they did, and they lost it. I'm hoping what happened there is they learned a lesson, and they'll stay out of the box in this game. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to stick to the positivity and I'm going to say a Flyers I'm going to say a 4-3 win so again close like very very close a lot of back and forth I just Mm -hmm. can't I think you guys are going to see Carter Hart who has looked more like the old Carter Hart than he looks like last year's Carter Hart which is good for us um but he's going to have he's going to face a lot of really good shots and it's hard for me to imagine a scenario in which that offense doesn't score at yeah, least 30 
like I said, even if the Flyers get out to a great start, stay out of that box because as soon as you give them a taste of that power play and they capitalize, it can shift the game just like it did in that Vegas game. So yeah, that's my advice to you guys. Don't <laughs> take any penalties. Don't let that power play see the, the light of day. And I, I think you might fare pretty well. All right, Preston, this was outstanding. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Yeah, for sure. You can find me on Twitter at NHL Hodgkinson. Um, you can follow Copper and Blue at Copper and Blue on Twitter as well. Uh, if you don't, if you're interested in some other work that I do, I don't think you will because it's local sports. Um, I also write for the St. Albert Gazette over here in St. Albert, Alberta. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Such an accomplished <laughs> young man. You love to see it. Thank you. <laughs> Preston, thank you so much for joining us. This was really great. Hope everyone enjoys the game. I hope yeah, that I, yeah, I hope I'm able to stay awake for at least one period of a 10 p.m. start. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, those West Coast games must be tough for you guys. Oh, uh, they drive me nuts. But, you know, <laughs> thankfully there aren't that many. Go Flyers. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.